Welcome to episode 100 of All About Fitness. That's right, 100 episodes. Well, actually, I think I have a couple more than 100 because I've done a couple of special editions uh, when I've gotten a hold of some really uh, intriguing and fascinating guests. First, before I go into this special episode or this 100th episode edition, I want to just take a moment to say thank you. I really have been uh, overwhelmed by the response I've been receiving from some of the listeners out there. You guys have sent some very kind notes, and, and I really appreciate that, and I really appreciate the fact that, that you're enjoying the podcast. And what's fascinating to me is you know, I can look on my stats, the, the, data, plastic, the data hosting platform that I use. I can look on the stats and see that people all over the world are listening to this podcast. I mean, there are people in Sri Lanka, India, a couple in Nepal. Not a lot, but there are a few. There are people all around the world listening to All About Fitness. So wherever you are, however you're listening to All About Fitness, I want to say thank you, and, and I gl- I'm glad that you're using it to hopefully help enhance your quality of life because that's what fitness is, and that's what fitness can do. You know, There are plenty of people out there who will tell you to do this, do that, to lose a little weight or to get a six-pack or get buffed up or whatever you want to call it. My goal, though, is to have a smarter approach to fitness. My goal is to help you understand how exercise works on your body so you can identify the best exercise programs and techniques to meet your needs. And really, what I'm trying to do too, and the underlying theme of this, is we're all getting a little bit older every day. But when used correctly, exercise can help slow down the aging process. It can help you take control of aging. So, you know, if you're not physically active for any other reason, you know, really, let's forget about beach body. Let's forget about, you know, all that stuff. You know, forget about mere muscle. If you don't, if you're not active for any other reason, you should be active because you can control the effect that aging has on your body. You know, if you took a car and left it out in the backyard and didn't take care of it, within a few years, that car would rust out and fall apart. However, if you took the same car, let's say a 1962 Corvette Stingray, if you took care of that, you washed it, you waxed it, you kept it in the garage, you had it tuned up regularly. If you did that, the car would still be running great 55 years later, 50, you know, 56 years later. Your body's the same way. If you take care of your body, it'll last a long time. And that's what I'm trying to do with All About Fitness. I'm trying to help you identify the ways that you can use exercise and fitness to take care of your body for the long haul. Now, on this episode, I thought about doing a clip show. I'm from, uh, I grew up in the 80s, and you know the clip show was always that special anniversary where they didn't know what else to do, so they took a bunch of clips from previous episodes or previous season and spliced them all together. So I thought about doing that, and, and I'm going to do one of those one of these days. I think that would be fun. I have to, I'm going to have to get some uh, Mr. Belvedere theme music in the back. But instead, for, this 100th, for the 100th episode, I did it at the International Health and Racket Sports Club Association. Whew, that's a mouthful. That's why most people in the fitness industry traditionally call it URSA. URSA is a trade association for health clubs, and that means all for-profit health clubs. You, know, you have not-for-profits like the JCC and the YMCA. They kind of take care of their own needs in terms of uh, big industry conferences. And then you have NURSA, which is the recreational kind of sport clubs, and that's for campus recreation. So URSA is really where all the companies come together, health clubs, studios, equipment companies, they all come together, and there are two or three days of meetings, people telling you how to earn more money, how to market to your members, use social media to engage your members. But really, the big thing of the URSA convention is the trade show. 
And for the past 10 years or so, I've worked at trade show in various capacities. First is my role as an educator for the American Council on Exercise, and most recently for the past five years as a master trainer for Core Health and Fitness. Core Health and Fitness is a parent company of Nautilus, Stairmaster, Star Trek, and Schwinn Indoor Cycling. So what people like me, in every booth, every major company has a, you know somebody like me or a couple people like me, master trainers, to show people how to use the equipment on the trade show floor. You know, we'll meet with uh, fitness directors, we'll meet with owners, and show them the various, show them how to use the product. Salespeople know how to talk pricing and can you know, do all sorts of things like that. You have your product design, the engineering types can go into much greater detail. But master trainers like myself, and, and frankly, a number of the people I've had as guests on the show who are master trainers, what we do is we educate the end users how to use the product, or we educate the trainers and the fitness instructors who then work with you, the consumer, the end user, to learn how to use the product. So my job at, at Ursa was to work the booth working on Nautilus and Stairmaster products. Stairmaster has a high-intensity interval training program. Nautilus has been uh, kind of redesigning some of their weight machines. But I'm, I'm going to save that for a later date. What I did on the second day of the trade show was I, I took my recorder and I walked around and I spoke with maybe seven or eight different vendors of people there selling equipment. I was trying to cover a broad range. I mean, I wish I'd had more time. But frankly, I was being paid to work a booth and not being paid to float around the trade show. Uh, so for the folks at the core, of core Health and Fitness, if you're listening, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Um, but what I wanted to do is I wanted to give you a taste of some of the new products, especially from some of the bigger companies out there. So what I have for you today is I have somebody from Techno Gym, somebody from Les Mills, somebody from Woodway Treadmills, and I have a couple other vendors out there that I try to cover a few different things about what people are doing. I included Polar Heart Rate Monitors, Life Fitness. Life Fitness is a major equipment company. So what I wanted to do for this episode is bring you a taste of some of the new products and some of the new services that are coming out in the market. Now, I'm going to try to link all these interviews together. It might be a little choppy. Remember, I can tell you how your muscles work, but I'm learning this whole recording podcasting thing as I go. But what I'm going to do is give you a little bit of an editorial. So I'll wait till at the conclusion of the interviews. And if you want to hear some of my thoughts on the fitness industry, specifically some of the things we do great and some of the things that, frankly, just suck and we need to improve upon. You know, I apologize. I try to not go blue here. But, um, you know, fitness industry, we do some things extremely well. And then there's some other things that we just, um, yeah, we need to get better. So stay tuned for a series of interviews for maybe some of your favorite equipment companies or some of your favorite product companies, and then listen after that for a little bit of editorializing on what fitness is doing right and what we need to do to get better. So after a brief word from the sponsor of All About Fitness, it's a pleasure to bring you the 2018 International Health and Racket Sports Club Association trade show from my hometown, San Diego, California. What is part bench, part balance trainer, part stability ball, part jump box, and all results? The TerraCore by Vicor Fitness, specially designed to help enhance balance, strength, agility, and metabolic conditioning. The TerraCore is quickly becoming the go-to piece of workout equipment used by fitness professionals around the world. Whether you're training to earn that eight-figure contract or just trying to get in better shape, the TerraCore will help you achieve results you never thought possible. TerraCore by Vicor Fitness, the shape of things to come. Go to www 
V-I-C-O-R-E-Fitness.com and use code AAF, that's all about fitness, AAF, to save 20% on the purchase of a TerraCore. This first interview is with the equipment company Life Fitness, talking about the digital platform they have for how you can record your workouts on a variety of different Life Fitness equipment. And I am here with Anthony Schreiber. And you work with? Life Fitness. So you were just talking about a new platform that Life Fitness is launching. Tell us a little bit about that. It's for the, you know, it's for the consumer and... It's a, it's a little bit of both. So providing uh, insights for owner-operators that they can engage with their membership a little bit better. Uh, it's, it's based around three core c- capabilities. Uh, we want to make it simple for owner-operators to run their business, whether it's service or uh, job tracking. We want to uh, provide meaningful insights for the members, so it's a B2B and a B2C capability set, and providing an end-to-end ecosystem for everything fitness-related uh, that ties very closely and marries really well with the Life Fitness brand. So how can consumers use it? You know, if, if I'm a consumer and I'm going to log into a Life Fitness product, does it allow me to track my effort and can I use it with activity trackers? Yeah, so both. It does a little bit of data aggregation, whether you're using some of the, the very popular health and wellness apps. And of course, uh, we are the number one leading manufacturer in cardio equipment. So it ties and marries very nicely with that. So you can log into the equipment itself with some of our tablets as well as a mobile app. And great. So what's it, what kind of data are you tracking? So if I want to be able to track like my workouts, be able to track my energy, is it really is it helpful for that by doing it at the gym? And does it allow me, I guess the big question is if I travel a lot and I go to different pieces, can I use it? Can I kind of log into my own account on different life fitness of pieces? Yeah, you can to a certain extent. So I think the the answer to that is is everything native native to your phone is is capable of being sunk with with, uh, the Life Fitness platform. So if you have a Fitbit or other items that you do walk around with and you travel with, they still do data dump into the Life Fitness ecosystem, the Halo ecosystem. So the answer to that is yes. And so for consumers, why why is fitness tracking important? Why why should we, we care about what we're doing in the gym? Well, I think it's the same reason uh, that people exercise. We all want to live longer. We want to be happier and be healthier. And being cognizant of how much food we intake, how many calories we burn, how we burn them, is one of the key uh, drivers and indicators that allow for growth. Awesome, man. Thanks. And where can people find out more information about Halo and how they can access it? Yeah, of course. All of our information is on our lifefitness.com website. And more specifically, if you're interested in the Halo ecosystem, is halo.fitness. Hey, man, thanks for your time. No problem. Thanks for having me. This next interview is with Perform Better, the distributor that sells everything from little rubber bands that go around your ankles to fully integrated, customizable weight platforms. I am with one of my favorite companies in the fitness business. That's Perform Better. And Aaron, Aaron, what's your role with Perform Better? Uh, My role is everything. So (laughs) unfortunately, that's true. Uh, Everything from sales, marketing, I put together the catalog, I work with the seminars that we do, so pretty much cover whatever needs to be done. Yeah, and she even models in the catalog. Now, for people, for consumers that might not know this, but your favorite medicine balls, your favorite stability balls, all your favorite products, the smaller products you use in the gym, probably were purchased from Perform Better. What exactly do you guys sell? We sell pretty much everything you name, so balance and stabilization equipment, recovery equipment like foam rollers and sticks, um, bands for stretching and strengthening, um, stability balls like you mentioned, and we even have some weight equipment, so dumbbells, kettlebells, ropes, things to kind of keep it interesting. 
And you can sell direct consumers, right? Of course. What I tell, and I tell this to people, and that's why I want to get you from my listeners, is you guys sell the highest quality equipment. You guys sell to professional teams. You guys sell to the top colleges and the top health clubs. Why is that so important? Why does quality matter? Well, if you're having your million-dollar athletes and, you know, people working on equipment, you want to make sure that it's going to be able to handle everything that they're doing. Uh, so one of the biggest things is we want to come out with a quality product and make sure that everyone appreciates it and can use it and just perform better. No, and that's and that's just it, Aaron. Well, you said it perfectly. You know, if it's good enough for a million-dollar athlete, it's good enough for the person listening to this podcast. Where can people find out about Perform Better? You can go to performbetter.com. Uh, we have all of our products on there, and if anyone has any questions or um, you know wants to see if we carry something, if they can't find it, you can always just call our 800 number, which is 800-556-7464, and any of our staff can help. And now you guys do do seminars and do conferences as well, right? Can anybody go to that? Can any consumer go to that if they're interested? Of course, yeah. We have seminars all over the country. Um, we bring in a lot of trainers and coaches, physical therapists, and we put on lectures and hands-on. So instead of just learning about the exercise and the equipment, they actually get to go through it and do the exercises. Well, and that's not to take money away from personal trainers, but for any listeners out there, and I mean that for any listeners who really want to learn more about exercise, Perform Better conferences are probably the best place you can go. Now, have you seen anything here at the conference, Aaron, that's kind of piqued your interest? Uh, yeah, actually, there's a lot of things. Um, a lot of storage solutions. There's been a lot of strength products, um, some pretty cool, you know, suspension training items. So it's a little different, but it's, uh, it's cool. It's great to see everybody, too. Awesome. Thanks for your time. Thank you. This next interview is with Polar, talking about the benefits of using heart rate monitors and fitness trackers. I'm still from URSA 2018. I'm at the Polar booth, and your name is... Brett Leto. And what do you do with Polar? Uh, so Pete, I work for Polar in the training department, so I train staff in health clubs, um, team sports, and education as well, uh, and I do support for our, our retail business as well. Right, and Polar makes what you guys make, I mean, we know you for heart rate monitors, but you do a little bit more than that as well, right? Yes, we're not just heart rate monitors, we have activity monitors uh, that will check your steps, your calories, uh, your energy expenditure for the whole day, as well as your sleep. Uh, it'll tell you how long you're sleeping and how well you're sleeping, whether that's restless or restful. Um, so it breaks all that down for you. And then also built into each watch is a heart rate monitor as well, and you can get the accessories if you want the chest. Now, just, just as I've introduced, you know, full disclosure for consumers, I've, had, I've used Polar products on and off for almost 20 years that I've been an indoor cycling instructor, and currently I use an M400. So what, can you tell us a little bit about the difference between like a tracker and a full-on heart rate monitor? Yeah, so the M400, by the way, is my favorite watch all time. Uh, the new version of that, the M430, I like equally uh, the same. And when you're talking about a heart rate monitor uh, or an activity tracker, right now, almost every one of our devices has both built in. So you're going to get optical heart rate plus 24-7 activity and sleep tracking. But if you want a little bit more in terms of accuracy or specific data straight from the heart, you're going to want that electrical signal. And that can come in the form of our H10. And that H10 is a supplemental piece that can fit on every single watch as well. So it's cross-compatible. And that H10 is a chest strap or how you monitor the specific heart rate? Yes, it is a chest strap. And that's going to take the electrical signal directly from the SA node as it fires. So, 
It's going to be the right. well, I've been, I, tell, I was telling you, I've been doing some of my own recording. I've, that's why I've been telling people that the polar takes it from. So I'm glad I read the right information. Now, what's the benefit? Why should people care about their heart rate or about tracking their activity? So we like to say train smarter, not harder. So if you don't know what's happening on the inside, it's really hard to understand how you're training, one, and then how you need to adjust your training to get your goals. So for instance, if, if my goals are more aerobic and I'm looking to build a cardio base or you know, get into running, I'm gonna be wanting to train more in green zones, right? That's an aerobic zone. Interesting story from my own personal history. I'm not much of a runner, but as uh, employee of Polar, I've gotten into it. When I first started running and started starting to build a base for my cardio, I found out that uh, I was really out of shape and that I had to walk to stay in the proper zone to train. Whereas if I hadn't had this technology, I would have been running and running too hard and training the wrong systems, right? So train smarter, not harder to make the gains that you want. And when it comes to interval training or high intensity stuff, you want to really monitor the uh, recovery heart rate. So you want to see a steep and deep drop off. So you don't know if you're improving all the time if you don't have that technology. Another thing is safety. So you want to make sure you're not revving too hot and, and working too hard. You work too hard, you burn out, and you don't come back the next week. That's a problem. So. Well, and that's just for listeners. You know, I do that a lot with my own mountain biking, where that's why I wear a polar when I mountain bike, because I know once I get to a certain, once I've stayed above 160 and 165 for a certain period, I need to recover, or else I'm gonna blow it out. And two, I watch, you know, to see the heart rate, and I and I tell people in classes that all the time, the quicker their heart rate drops, the fitter you are. I mean, is that a good? And then and then with recovery, how does using a polar help with the recovery? Because that's a big component of fitness. Yeah, so it's not going to help you with recovery. You still have to do the workouts, but it's going to give you the data you need to track that and understand that and train to make it better. So, for example, uh, and I'm the world's worst, you walk into the gym, you do your set, you get distracted, you talk to 20 people, and then you go do your next set. If you really want to train for recovery and improve gains there, you want to start your next set at a certain heart rate, right? So for me, I like to start at the middle of the green zone. So that's about uh, 75% and then I will do my next set. But if I want to up-tempo, I'll maybe do it at 80, or I'll want a little lower, I'll do 70. But it's important that you start on that moment as opposed to a random 30-second interval or go off in the gym and talk for an hour and then do your next set. So if you want to improve those recovery times, you've got to recover to that point, do your next set, and then continue to do that. Over now, and last thing on this, do you find, because I know how I feel about it, and I'll share some stuff later on in the, in, in the recording, but do you find that it gives you more information that you're training, you're just training much more efficiently, you get much better time in your gym? It's definitely going to help you be more efficient if you understand the science or at least the basics of it, which I do recommend that you do some reading and you get some education because that certainly helps. Otherwise, what are we looking at? So it will help with efficiency, but more importantly, it's huge for motivation. I like to see how many calories at a basic uh, at, a, at a basic thing that we need, right? We want to have some feedback. The calories tells a lot. You know, I want to hit 500 every time I walk into my gym, you know, and it's nice to see that. So I'm efficient, but I'm also reinforcing the goals and the things that I want. Uh, that's great stuff. Where can people get more information about Polar products? So you're going to visit um, just polar.com is our basic website. Everything you need to know is there, whether it's, you know, if you're a club or an individual member looking to improve fitness or to improve your running times, Anything you're looking for, all the information's at polar.com. And uh, you could also visit flow.polar.com, create an account and explore there to see what we have as far as the data goes. Well, real quick, because I use Flow a little bit for myself. What is Flow and how helpful is that? Flow is our ecosystem that is connecting everything together. So I like to say everything flows through Flow. So any, t any piece of Polar hardware 
whether it's a watch or an app uh, or a, you know, a club system, everything's going to feed to that database. And that's for every user to go in and check their diary, to check their statistics. And you can log everything from the day that you started till now. And you can go back and look at that. So you can see trends. You can see weekly summaries, monthly summaries. And that's on calories. That's on heart rate. That's on training. And you can really break down everything. It's really up to you, the consumer, on how far down the rabbit hole that you want to go. But everything's there for you, and it's great, and everything lives there, and it's all connected. It's beautiful. And, and just I have gone down that rabbit hole. <laughs> hey, man, I really appreciate your time. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot, Pete. Have a good day. One of the things I wanted to do from the Florida Trade Show was talk to some different companies whose equipment I enjoy using for my own workouts. So I want to give you an insight into that. Polar was one of those. The next one is as well. Woodway, the maker of some awesome treadmills, including the Curve self-powered treadmill. All right, I'm here with Eric Weber, the director of sales and marketing for Woodway. Now, Eric, just to let you know, I've been rehabbing a little bit on a Woodway Curve, and I really, it's become one of my favorite treadmills, and I've heard that from other people. What's been, what's been the reaction from consumers about the Curve? The Curve's been a fantastic piece from uh, people rehabbing all the way to doing performance training. The, res- the responsiveness and the comfort of the surface and the acceleration and deceleration have allowed people to do all kinds of different indoor training that they otherwise wouldn't have been able to do. And now for listeners who might not be familiar with it, can you give us a little bit of benefits about what the Curve is and why it's different from other treadmills? Uh, The Curve doesn't have a motor, so it's self-driven. You are actually the motor. And we have a curved surface that allows gravity to assist us in the acceleration and deceleration. So you run very naturally in a very good posture and form, but has no limitations on the acceleration and deceleration. So you can do true high-intensity interval training in a very quick and fun method. And see, for listeners, that's one of the things I like about it. At a certain point on the curve, you're walking, and the faster you move, the faster the treadmill goes. Now, what other products do you have out? We're at Ursa 2018. What other products does Woodway have coming out for the next year or so? Well, we launched a Fitbench, which is a self-contained um, functional piece that complements the curve. We have a lot of of groups that are doing small group training on the curve with two or three people, people jumping on and off the curve using small weights, dumbbells, kettlebells, ropes, and making a small circuit. So we've at, we've made this functional piece that fits within that area to allow people to make a real nice circuit in a very compact area. And you have any new updates to, to your treadmills? I see it looks like you have a new interface for your regular standard treadmills. Right, we've added uh, a touchscreen to both the curve and our regular treadmills. On the curve, it actually has what we're calling responsive programming, where the treadmill actually learns your speed and helps guide you through your workouts to make sure that you stay in the right zones, maintain your cadence, and actually get through the workout in an optimal fashion. Now, Woodway, you guys, how long have you guys been around? We've been around for about 40 years. What did you make originally? Have you been making treadmills the entire time? Right. We're, we're a treadmill company. We've been historically in the sports world and the performance world. We're really known as a runner's treadmill. And over the years, as, as sports performance training has migrated into the mainstream and high-intensity training has migrated, we've become more and more of a popular piece. Okay, as I said, it's only been about 10 or 12 years that I think I've seen your products hitting the mainstream commercial clubs, so I didn't even realize you've been around that long. What do, what, do people, what do people think about when they think about Woodway? Like, what's your big story that people can relate to? Uh, our, our surface is what makes us better and different than everybody else. The surface is great on your body, uh, softer, so you can train harder, longer, faster, with less negative effects. 
Where can people get more information about Woodway? Uh, Woodway.com is probably the best place to get that information. Do you have any informational videos on YouTube? We have some on YouTube, some on our own site, and then some on uh, some related sites for the performance market. Awesome. Thanks for your time, Eric. This next interview was an interesting one, and that's because I've been a group fitness instructor for 20 years, and I'm what's considered a freestyle instructor, meaning I create my own content, I create my own classes. That said, Les Mills is probably one of the most popular group fitness programs in the entire world, and to be fair, I want to catch up with them to find out what you can expect from Les Mills in the coming year. I am with Martin. Martin, what do you do with Les Mills? Um, I head up their international markets, so all over the globe. I'm actually from London, but I, I trade over here in the U.S. as well. So you come over to the U.S. to go visit the old colonies? <laughs> no, would never, ever say that, mate. Not at all. We absolutely love you as friends, for sure. Now, Les Mills is very well known. It's, it's very popular. What programs are you guys promoting this year? What's, what's the big program you're coming out with? Oh, there's a huge range. When obviously we we look for our instructor base to appeal to people from whatever needs they want. But but what the trends we're seeing right now is certainly what we're calling our virtual first product, which is all of our programs actually come into areas and towns which probably haven't got instructors yet, but actually on a video screen first. Then people can get to used to it, get to know it, get to like it, and then actually become an instructor later. So a virtual product for all of our programs is is what we're here talking about. But specifically talking about one program category, um, certainly for your readership, it's, it's in the, the mind body uh, and the fulfillment space. So a bar program is what we're launching this, this, this year um, and a bar without a bar. So it's a, it's a core program um, with a basis on ballet and movement and dance, but actually for people to actually really get a low impact workout that's going to improve muscle tone. It's amazing. I have to be honest. I'm amazed at how popular Bar has been and the sustaining power. And one of the great things about Les Mills is you guys really know your audience, so you're really good at developing the programs. How, what's, been the, what's been the uptake on the virtual side? How, have you been surprised by how many people are doing the virtual Les Mills programming? Yeah, as we said, you know, we, we're in this space because it's here. We didn't invent it. So we actually saw the way. We said, you know what? Um, for remote areas, remote geographical areas, for actually towns that but might not be able to have enough instructors, to do, it's, it's really important to get fitness out into the community. So, for example, we work in a lot of community centers. We work in actually in some libraries, some actually office blocks. And it's actually getting fitness out into the workspace. But actually, it's an extension of the club space. So clubs now are really taking it on board. And what we're seeing, certainly in Europe and certainly in Asia, is that this is actually enhancing proper programming and live programming, which is always going to be the best program. So we're seeing an increase uh, of programming by about 30% in all of our clubs based on putting virtual in. People can try, test, and see new things they wouldn't have seen before. And then they're more likely to go and do a live program, which is always going to have bedrock. There's nothing better than a live program with a coach and with personal feedback that you're getting during the class. So really the virtual is almost like a stepping stone. So 55% of people doing virtual are new to group exercise. They've been on the gym floor for years and they're now seeing they can try it because they're not intimidated by a big class or the instructor and they can actually get to adopt it first. And then the other side of that too is for people that love Les Mills programming, they can take it with them wherever they go in the world, correct? For sure, more access. So that's a, that's a slightly separate product. So we have a, an at-home streaming app called Les Mills On Demand, which is very, very different. So that's something you consume yourself. And then you can actually do that at home on your iPad or iPhone or even on your smart TV now on Apple TV. So that's something that's very, very different. But if you imagine the three products, that brings our reach is, is far higher now. So a consumer can do it at home. 
They actually, at the end of that class says, if you want to find a live experience, click here at lesmills.com. And we actually can send them to our partner clubs. And actually the partner clubs, when they go in, they can either have a virtual experience, if they're new to it, they want to test themselves, or actually they go to a real full live product. And then we've got our real premium, which is our Les Mills Live Experience, um, which is our idea this year, where we've got massive rock star stage, and we've got all of our international presenters come, and you can come for like a rock concert group exercise program. You know, it's gonna be a thousand people doing body pump in one studio in, in idea this year. So that's, that's how our range goes from right, from the individual at home, right through to that rock star concert. And it's really important for consumers to understand, Martin, is they think those conferences are for the fitness professional, but any consumer can go to the conference, correct? Oh, for sure. You know, one of our one of our real reasons for doing it is that you know our, our vision is to create a fitter planet, and so the consumer reach at these is really important. So we've got to target ourselves at 65% of people at that event being a consumer, an end user, because actually that then promotes them going to club facilities and actually working out and actually um, getting fitter. The most important thing is a lot of those guys actually then become an instructor in the future. They get very passionate about it. And so it's a way of us you know, making sure this is actually self-fulfilling. Please keep, keep filling it up. Now, what is your best program? Because you're really known for, for Body Pump. What's been your most popular program? Is that is Body Pump your most popular? Or what, what's been the thing that's really defines what Les Mills is? Yeah, certainly Body Pump was the first. Body Pump is the most recognized. And, it really, and you say what defines Les Mills. You know, no one brought pre-choreographed programming to group exercise for Les Mills. And so, actually, Body Pump was the first. And because it's a weight discipline, you can actually do different choreography. But to be honest, the, the, the most important and the, the quickest growth curve is actually our high-intensity interval training program called GRIT. So Les Mills GRIT now is almost 75% of Body Pump already. And it's only been launched for three years. So you know, for us, it's more of a, a younger, faster, um, more results-based program. And actually, people, people are liking the fact it's only 30 minutes. They can get in, get out add it to their cardio program. So that's, that's one of the upcoming trends the last three years. But certainly we're seeing with the boom of uh, boutiques and SoulCycle and Flywheel and all those, our indoor cycling programs certainly are being a, a, a boost as well. So those are the three real cores for us. Is Stages a new relationship? Because I see you have the Stages bike in your, in your studio bike area. Is that a new relationship for you? And how's that, how long has that been going on? Very new. So that's the launch to here. Um, as we are at, at Ursa. We've had long relationships with um, many bike partners, but Stages is a well-known brand and a high quality. Um, their power meter is um, second to none, as we know, in outdoor biking. So they're a real cool um, American-based business, which actually is really important for us to launch and, and co-brand with in the US. We're also dealing with Matrix over in Asia and Europe as well. So we've got a couple of partners we're doing with. But for us, really it's important that we either invent it or we actually partner with the best in the world. So with our other equipment, so the smart check range in, in barbells and actually um, and, and the steps, we, we invented ourselves. We didn't see anyone out there was doing it as well. In the bike space, that's not us. So actually we need to go and find and partner with the best. And there's some great companies out there. And what people can find out if they want to find out more about Les Mills, any of your programs, where's the best resource? Yeah, definitely. Um, lesmills.com. Just click there. And if you're an instructor, there's a website. If you're a consumer or actually if you're a club partner, three different, three different clicks and you're into the information. We'd love to hear from you. Thank you very much for your time. Good on you. Thanks. As I mentioned in the opening, I'm a master trainer and education consultant for the parent company of Stairmaster, Nautilus, StarTrack, and Schwinn Indoor Cycling. I didn't want to focus on companies I just had a personal relationship with, so I stopped by the booth for Techno Gym, one of the largest fitness equipment companies in the world that makes everything from treadmills 
to weight equipment. I'm here at the Techno Gym booth. I'm here with Isabel. She's VP of Marketing for North America for Techno Gym. What new products is Techno Gym launching at URSA this year? Hi, Pete. Um, we're launching a lot of things. We've been, we launched a skill run that's a unique treadmill. It's designed for performance. So it's the first complete solution in both cardio and power workouts. We're also launching our social media campaign on social cause, let's move for a better world. It's the biggest connected consumer campaign, over a thousand locations in 29 countries, getting people to move and promote moving. We are also the first fitness equipment manufacturer to release Apple Watch integration with GymKit. And lastly, not least, we're also taking you know, reminding people of our leadership position to be the first open platform in connecting over 14,000 facilities, more than 10 million users worldwide. See, that's the thing. Techno Gym, you know, and I'm finding that listeners of all about fitness are from all around the world, and Techno Gym is known internationally for making top products. Now, what do you see? What's the social media campaign? How are you guys going to use social media? Are you trying to connect people? Are you trying to just promote activity? What, what's the hope that you're doing? Well, our social campaign is on social media. However, it connects people to move. So it's facilities all across the United States connecting with my, a challenge app that connects all cardio equipment. There you can go and donate your moves to a better cause to, move, to get people moving, essentially. It's just really getting people moving. So is it a chance for people to upload their workouts and kind of share what they're doing? Yes, on my wellness cloud, you can up yes, of course, you can upload all your moves and so on, share it. We find that, you know, the millennial generation is all about sharing data and letting people know what they're up to and so on. So, yeah. And I see here, are you promoting with your programming, it looks like you're promoting more group training. Is that an area where you've been focused on? Yes, definitely. This is this what you see here today is called Skill Athletic. It's a format that takes you to the next level. So it's in, in training, agility, speed, and so on, all in a, in a format environment, group workout. Excellent. Well, I appreciate that, Isabel. I'm going to have a link to Techno Gym down below in the show notes. So I appreciate that. What can consumers expect to see from Techno Gym in the coming year? From Techno Gym, you expect to see the unexpected. We don't even know because we basically um, have things coming out all the time. So. Well, that's great. That's the one thing about our business. It's always changing. Well, thank you for your time, Isabel. No problem. Good to meet you. Thanks, Pete. Thank you so much. This next interview is with a young man I've known for a couple of years, and it's been fun watching him grow and develop in fitness. He's doing some absolutely amazing stuff using exercise to help promote brain health or cognitive function. Pete McCall here at URSA 2018. I'm at SmartFit with Ryan Glatt. And for listeners, I've known Ryan for a couple years now, and he really is one of the smartest up-and-coming education guys in fitness. And he's blown me away with some of the stuff he's doing already at such a young age. Ryan, what is SmartFit, and what are you doing with the company? So SmartFit is a company that offers devices for cognitive physical cross-training. And what that is, is we're training cognitive or mental processes while people are working out, practicing sports skills, and moving their body. So basically, it sounds like exercise for the brain. Is it, is it possible to do that? I mean, what's involved with that? Yeah, so a lot of people have heard about brain games that you play on your iPad. That's using fine motor control, your hands, your fingers. We're actually getting the whole body involved, which engages different diverse centers of the brain, really gets a lot of blood pumping and different chemicals that are positive for healthy brain function. And we're combining that with cognitive stimulus. And what cognitive stimulus means is cognition is a summary of mental processes that you use day to day. So reasoning, 
problem solving, impulse control, attention, you know, really trying to avoid the stimulus you want, being able to be productive. And those are all the mental processes we're training individually. So we take something like sustained attention where you have to track a target on our device and we're combining it with burpees, single leg, deadlifts, you're combining it with different movements that you're familiar with, and then we're actually training those simultaneously. Well, and so I think what people, what many people don't realize is that what many people don't realize is that if they do the same exercises over and over again, they're basically developing wear patterns in their brain, like wear patterns in the carpet. Is that right? That's true. Yeah. So those neural pathways, like highways, will be really worn, almost like a trail, actually. So when you wear down that trail, the plants aren't growing. So a way to keep the plants growing is diversify the pathways, new novel movements that you've never done before, and combine it with stimulus that you've never done it before. So we'll do a push-up that many people are familiar with, but what happens is we actually take that push-up and give it a stimulus so it's a novel stimulus altogether. And this is the point where the battery of my recorder went out. We'll pick up the conversation right here. So if we want to tap into these diverse mental processes, what can we do to, to make it a little bit different? How can we engage the brain through exercise? Right. So we can take movements we're already familiar with and give them new inputs like where your eyes are, what you're thinking about, what you're focusing on. Maybe you're catching a ball as you're doing a lunge that you're already familiar with. But we can also take new movements, maybe making that lunge and making it in a twisting motion or a different plane of motion, and then start to add more stimuli and more variation on top of that. The brain really loves that novel input and it's less predictable, um, and the brain loves to be predictable, and it loves to be efficient. So when we give it something that's kind of a curveball, what happens is it says, cool, I'm going to adapt to that, and when it's not too stressful of a stimulus, it's actually very healthy for the brain and for longevity. So, so that means that you know, you should, when you're doing training, you should try to do different exercises by going to different group fitness classes or trying something new. How often should people do that? I think people should mix it up at least every two to three weeks. They should throw in one to two days of variation of training. For example, if you're doing a boot camp class, try a dance class for the coordination, the choreography, the recall you have to have, the attention you need to pay. Try a cycling class for more aerobic exercise, which is great for a hippocampus, which is the area of your brain responsible for learning and memory. And so mixing it up in these ways will allow you to get nice, diverse cognitive benefits throughout the lifespan. So where can people get more information about, about SmartFit? They can go to smartfitinc.com or smartfit.rocks, and they can learn more on our website. Hey, Ryan, I might be back for a full interview, man. This is fascinating stuff, and you're doing some really killer stuff. Keep it up. Thanks, Pete. This next interview is with Ken Weichert, otherwise known as Sergeant Ken. I've known Ken for a few years. He was actually my first interview on this podcast, and he's now working as director of programming for Water Rower. Sergeant Ken Weichert. Sergeant, right. what, are you, what, what company are you here with? So, I'm the director of programming for Water Rower now, and it's been exciting, thrilling that we've been able to create brand new programming that centers on, you know, some of the things that you would see in a typical boot camp class, CrossFit, maybe Orange Theory Fitness as well, or in your big box gyms or YMCA's, you name it. So, we launched it officially this morning. Uh, during the early morning workout, a program I created called Pulling for Power. And we had people doing calisthenics and water rower drills that are just to make it diverse, unique, and most of all exciting. The uh, response has been absolutely amazing. I've been flooded with Instagram and Facebook messages. So we're, we're looking forward to the way the future is uh, going to play put for water rower. And a certification's coming around the corner. An eight-hour certification that I'm almost done writing. We'll probably launch it in June, and uh, we've already got a lot of people lined up for that as well. 
cool. Now, water rower is different. I mean, rowing has become a more popular thing. You just mentioned it, CrossFit, and I know Orange Theory uses water rower. Right. But there are different types of rowers out there. What's right. different about doing the, the water in, in the water rower? Why the hydraulic? What's, what's different about the hydraulic pressure? So I'm, I'm going to go ahead and just kind of quote some of the responses that my wife has had on our water rower that we use at home because and she loves that quiet, continuous fluidity in the pulling action and to hear the blades really cutting into the water that's in the tank that's in the front. For her, that gives her the real sensation of rowing outside when she doesn't have to. And that's exactly it because we're trying to give you the load and resistance that you would have from rowing in a crew competition of some kind. And uh, between that and and the mechanics and everything being built in the USA, I, we really think that we're second to none for giving you that real experience. Well, and why is, well, I'm gonna ask you this, because I'm a big fan of rowing. I do I do rowing quite a bit, and I, I, I'm, I'm not beholden to any one rower by any stretch of the imagination, but why is rowing such a good form of exercise? That's a great question, Pete. And, you know, having been on a crew competition team at a Drake University, uh, years ago, uh, I know that when I made that jump in doing indoor rowing, what I immediately uh, experienced was little or no stress on the joints, nine major muscle groups being uh, engaged in the activity, 100% output every time I used it, and reaching target heart rate in a short period of time, yeah, I was sold. And that's why I like it. I like rowing because you can do you can do interval training, you can do consistency. Now, for consumers, you guys sell consumer models that people can buy for their home? Exactly. You know, we've got our base model, which I have at the house here, and I think it ranges to somewhere around $900. And, you know, if you compare that to the price of a treadmill, you're, you're really doing well. It still has the monitor so you can, you know, check your strokes per minute, uh, your distance, um, your time, all of it's all there, and you can track that stuff and, and record all of that. And you know, it'll range and it'll go all the way up to our M1 high rise, which is, you know, unlike some of our hardwood or cherry wood um, pieces that you have here in front of you, the M1 high rise, you know, is featured with a higher platform and it's made out of all metal. And that one ranges around $1,700, $1,800, something like that. So, I mean, that's the range right there. And all of them will prop up on the side, on the wheels. So if you needed to store it, it can become just this wall piece that kind of just looks like a, like a stereo speaker. That's cool. So where can people get more information about Water Rower, Ken? So they can go to waterrower.com. All right. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Thank you, brother. It's good to see you again. Hua! And now for the final interview. What I want you to listen to is the amount of energy and enthusiasm that Jeffrey has in this interview. Keep in mind, this was the second day of the conference where he had been teaching indoor cycling classes all day for two days. Ursa 2018 here with Jeffrey Scott. Jeffrey, what do you do? I am the lead master trainer for Schwinn Indoor Cycling, and I am also the senior national education and training manager for group fitness for Equinox Fitness Clubs. Wow, that's a <laughs> now now for folks. We're we're in the second day of the conference. You've been in the trade show. How many how many cycling classes have you taught? I think I taught my ninth one just now. 
<laughs> that's that's why I'm laughing. The fact that you got that all out with one mouthful, I think, is pretty amazing. The fact so, that I'm standing right now is pretty amazing. <laughs> as, soon as, as soon as you sit down, dude, you'll be dead. But anyway, Jeffrey, you're you're the lead master trainer, lead master instructor for Schwinn Cycling. What can people expect to see from Schwinn Cycling, Schwinn Indoor Cycling? I should be specific in the coming year. Well, the great thing is in 2018, the second half of the year, not only are we launching an online certification that's never happened with Schwinn Indoor Cycling, it's going live in just a couple of days and it's phenomenal. We're also changing our live experience. We've updated our manual, we've included more science, we're putting more focus on class design, and that brand new manual and that brand new live experience will be launched at IDEA 2018. So that's for, that's for like the fitness, like for the fitness professional, all the instructors out there that teach indoor cycling. What can consumers expect to see with the Schwinn Indoor Cycling Experience? I think Schwinn Indoor Cycling is extraordinary as it is, but we are always focused on how can we create the best experience for our consumers that take classes from Schwinn certified instructors. So we really look at it through the lens of how can we make this experience a really worthwhile, great workout, but also having a great time while they're in that ride. Because the combination of substance and style is absolutely critical for any great class. And see, that's something we talked about offline. I mean, you know, for listeners, Jeffrey and I do know each other and we do hang out for from time to time, we work a little bit together collaboratively, and we have so many different types of instructors. Like, I'm much more of a kind of a do it intervals, very, very strict by the form instructor, and then you have your rhythm instructors. Yeah. What do you think? I mean, overall, what do you think? Kind of, I know the answer to this question is whatever the consumer is going to do, but why do you think indoor cycling is such a powerful experience overall? Well, I think sometimes in our industry, especially with indoor cycling, we are polarized by what you just said. Some of our instructors are very uh, you know, they're outdoor riders, they're very performance-based, it's very metric-driven. Then you also have those who don't care about metrics at all, and that's totally okay. It's all about the music and the musical experience. I think what makes a great instructor that we're always trying to encourage people to do is marry those two things together. You can still have a metric or performance-based class to incredible music and how to use the music properly. So I think that creating that hybrid you know, once again, one is substance, one is style. There's no reason we can't actually have both in all of our classes. And see, sometimes I make the point, I let the class know, hey, I actually changed on the measure. <laughs> so what do you think? Actually, we're just joined by Abby Apple. Abby Apple is one of the Schwinn Master instructors. What's one of the benefits of indoor cycling, Abby? Why should people get on an indoor cycling bike? Well, because it's a great cardio activity, of course, and it's fun. It's fun. See, Abby, see, what we don't have, what people don't, what listeners can't see is that you guys have been sweating nonstop for almost two days straight. And what do, what do people know? Like, as, as instructors, you know, as instructors talking to consumers, what advice would you give to a consumer taking group exercise for the first time? Silence. Abby's thinking. For, for any consumer, any, any consumer. Any group fitness class, somebody who is brand new walking into the studio and checking it out for the first time, what would you recommend to them? Well, I'd say try to find a class, something that you enjoy, something that you like. That's going to be really important. Make sure that the time is right for you because, and, and that the place that you're going isn't too far from your house because you want to make sure that you're consistent, something you enjoy, the right time, close to your house. And then, of course, lastly, make sure you like the instructor. And why is that? I mean, what, why, why are instructors so powerful? Because you guys have been doing, we've all been instructing for years. And what, is, what makes a good instructor? Well, an instructor who can motivate, who can inspire, who's educated, um, can give you the information that's going to help you reach your goals. And what, what makes a good instructor, Jeffrey? Same question to you. 
I, I will piggyback exactly what uh, Abby said. I think a great instructor also is someone who makes you feel successful in class. They create an environment that you feel motivated by, but you also feel safe and you know you're being well taken care of. A great instructor is one who can take a room full of bodies, because I always say group fitness is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. One thing that we all we all struggle with as, as teachers is, you know, you have your super fit people in the front row who just want to be you. Then you have, you know, you know, it kind of regresses as you go back. And you want to create an environment where everyone feels good and every instructor should know a progression and a regression for every single exercise or movement that they teach and give people permission to work at their best intensity. Doesn't have to be the hardest intensity, but their best intensity. So when they leave, they leave feeling they had they were well taken care of and they leave feeling successful. Because I think in my personal opinion, the number one reason people don't return to group fitness classes is because they didn't feel successful. And that's really important. And I think that's on the instructor. I don't know. I, I don't know about you, Abby. I want to cuddle up with Jeffrey right now. I feel very, I feel, I feel very, I feel very secure. After that, after that who doesn't want to cuddle up with Jeffrey? <laughs> but anything, because I think the group exercise, group fitness can be one of the most powerful things in the club. And, and why, what do you think it is? Why do you think people keep coming back? Well, it, I, I really think it is the most powerful aspect of the club. It's the energy that's created in, I mean, it's the heart of the club. It's the heartbeat of the club. I mean, that's where the energy is. Um, and, and it's the instructors. It's instructors who love to teach, who love their participants. And as Jeffrey was mentioning, make them feel successful when they leave that room. So they come back. They're, I mean, they're creating a culture in that club, a culture that you know drives you back to something that you love. And in the instructors and the other members that you love. Now, see, now I want to couple Abby too, but that's what that. But that's what makes. But but for listeners, that's what makes a good instructor is the instructors. Because I think a lot of the people get into instructing sometimes get in because they want to perform and they want to be the center of attention. But good instructors can do that, but they always turn it around to make people feel successful. Would you? I mean, how do you? Is that? What, I couldn't agree more. And I think that also when it comes to group fitness, I know at Equinox we call it the soul of our company because there's, it's, it's community. We are actually able in our rooms to create community where you don't have that with one-on-one -on -one personal training. You have a relationship with your client and hopefully it's healthy and you're helping them achieve their goals. But there's something magical in a group fitness room when you feel good and you're high-fiving with the people around you and you're making eye contact and you, know, you start to get to know them because when you participate regularly, that's when community starts to build in your room. And when someone's not there and you acknowledge that, you light them up because they see that you notice they weren't there. And those are the little things that help to build the community that keep people coming back because they feel as though they were seen. They feel as though their presence in the room is, is noticed and, and appreciated. And that's something that we can do as group fitness instructors. And the treadmill can't high five you. Yeah, yeah. No, maybe. The weight stack doesn't high five you. The weight stack doesn't. It doesn't do that. And the weight stack doesn't know whether that hot hot person on the other side of the room is single or not. This is very really true. Yeah. But I you will find that in group fitness. Right. You just ask the person next yeah. to you. Do you know that one over there? Yeah. Yeah. You're not going to create a relationship with your treadmill. All right, guys. Thank you very much, Jeffrey. Where can people find out more information about Schwinn Indoor Cycling? Go to SchwinnEducation.com, and everything you need to know is right there. So visit it. Perfect, guys. I'm surprised you're still standing. Thanks. Thank you, Pete. Hopefully that recording didn't give you a form of auditory whiplash. You know, my wife can be very sensitive to motion and uh, camera movement in a, in a movie or a TV show. Um, and there was a lot of recorder movement there during those interviews. And, and again, I was really trying to bring you a sense of what it was like to be at the trade show. And this year, the Ursa trade show was much bigger than I'd seen it the past number of years. Obviously, we had a little bit of recession between, you know, 08 and, and 010. 
even though technically I know we weren't out of the re- we we're moving out of the recession in in ten, but it was still impacted. But but this year's trade show was immense. There were a number of vendors there, and I really wish I could have gotten to more of them. But as I as I stated in the intro, that wasn't my purpose. My purpose for being at the trade show was to support a client and not uh, not to go around and, and do podcasting. I want to take a moment to talk about a few of the trends I noticed at the trade show. And, and this is important. Well, not to say it's not really that important to I me. Mean, come on, this is fitness. We're not, you know, curing the world of any serious issues. One of the one of the trends I noticed, or a couple of the trends I noticed, and I didn't get a chance to walk the entire show or spend a lot of time there, but it seemed to me that a number of companies are trying to come out with customizable platforms for their their equipment. You know, a couple of different companies showed a variety of options for ways that you could customize the equipment you order. And this this being a little bit different than the past. And that's in response to, and this is actually a lot of uh, what I saw on the trade show or a lot of what I noticed in my time walking around is really in response to the trend the last few, few years of boutique fitness. And, and the boutique fitness studios, the smaller fitness studios, and the boutique concepts, and this is, boutique concepts include bar, studio cycling, and, and things like that. Studios that cater to only one specific type of, of or one specific mode of exercise. Also included in there is Orange Theory. But it seemed like a number of companies are coming out with customizable platforms to cater to the boutique studios, meaning ways to change treadmills, ways to change equipment so that it can be customized to a specific color scheme or be customized to a specific integration pattern with the decks and the you know and the deck I mean like the control deck any elliptical machine any treadmill their control deck they, they call it with the deck I mean the treadmill deck is what you run on but you also have the control deck that controls the, the instruments of of the machine and it seemed from what I saw that a lot of the major companies are coming out with with you know ways to customize that for individual needs in addition a lot of the companies, the larger companies, that is, are coming out with programming to really provide, try to provide tools and resources to larger health clubs, because the the studios have really cannibalized and have disrupted the health club business. You know, you have people now that are going to two or three different studios every week. They're going to a yoga studio. They're going to a cycling studio. They're going to an Orange Theory or a bar or a CrossFit, and they're not going to a traditional health club. And so, and that's funny because one of the biggest barriers to people getting fit or joining or you know doing exercise has always been either time or price. And what we're seeing is a trend of people paying to go to three or four different studios at a cost of fifteen to twenty five dollars per per workout. And in, when they could be joining a health club, a decent health club for about the fifty to seventy dollar range. Now, on that, you know, obviously you can always choose with your money. But I think it's pretty interesting that people for years have been, you know, said price is a barrier, and now they're running around paying up to $60, $80 a week for different studio experiences, or even if they're doing class pass. And that's if you do class pass, there's been a lot of pushback in the studio business because class, pla- class pass isn't as profitable as it could be. It's not the same as paying directly to that studio. The studio doesn't make as much money. You know, so a lot of the program, a lot of the options that I noticed in the trade show were ways to do heart rate monitor programming. You know, Polar offers group programming options for heart rate monitor. There's a company called MyZone, and MyZone 
it runs platform. You can have 10, 20 people wearing heart rate monitors and they're up on the screen. So as an instructor, I can say, hey, you know, Bob, come on, you can work a little bit harder. Or Susie, hey, you know, drop it down a little bit. You're pushing yourself a little bit too hard. It gives you instant recognizable feedback. So that was really what I saw. The overriding trend from the larger companies especially was programming. And you heard Ken talk about it a little bit. Sergeant Ken talk about it a little bit with the water-based treadmills. And the water rowers, sorry, water-based rowers, water rowers. Ken works with water rowers. Um, and, and water rowers are what is used by Orange Theory Fitness. So a lot of people are looking at, at kind of borrowing from that concept. And you actually now have a, just like you have cycling studios, there's a company called Row House or studio concept called Row, R-O-W House, which is all studio cycle, um, all studio rowing. You know, it's an entire st- uh, studio catered to rowing. You're also seeing a resurgence of boxing. You know, George Foreman Jr. is, you know, coming out with a, a chain of, of boxing studios. There's a company out there where it's going to be, you know, it's, it's working with infrared heat to try to bring infrared heat into the studio, you know, to try to pr- create a different heat environment to get a different response from the body while exercise. So you have a lot of companies that are looking at, at responding to this studio trend. Also, one of the things I noticed is there are companies out there that are trying to sell new franchise concepts. You know, if you look, if you do a search for the top franchise businesses right now, I think five or six of them, and I might be mistaken, but I did that search a couple months ago. I think the top five or six, um, not the top, but out of the top 100 uh, franchise businesses, five or six of them are fitness concepts, including Orange Theory. And even Jazzercise is still a, a franchise concept that people are, are looking to. Anytime Fitness is another one, Retro Fitness. These companies are tr- selling franchise opportunities and you're getting a lot of people entering fitness because there's a good return on investment. You know, there's a good EBITDA with the right fitness concept or the right fitness studio. So it's interesting to me that people that really would otherwise not be involved in the fitness business are getting involved in fitness because it's a good return on investment. So somebody, instead of, you know, investing in a yogurt shop or coffee place, you know, they're investing in a fitness studio, which is fine as long as they understand the different needs and different demands of that market. You know, you're not just providing more toppings for yogurt or you're not providing just a different experience for coffee. You have to really create an environment that caters to people and makes them feel comfortable coming in. So that was, those were some of the observations of the trends. The other trend that I noticed was how you're interacting with, you know, how you're interacting with the equipment. You know, are you, can you sync up with a with a treadmill? You know, you heard Techno Gym talk about being, you know, syncing to your Apple Watch, you know, and you're looking at, actually, one of the trends I've noticed too is that the equipment, the cardio equipment is kind of moving back from integrating TVs into it. You know, for a number of years, cardio equipment have all had TVs as a part of the the platform for which they're designed. You know, the TVs integrated into the system, but now with everybody carrying around their iPads and their phones, that's you know moving in a different direction because people are placing their phone or their iPad right on the cardio equipment and watching a movie on Netflix or watching something on their phone that they've downloaded. So those were just some of the trends. And, and I'm trying to think of if I saw any new or you – know, I looked through my notes and I'm trying to think if I saw of any new equipment that stood out or any new concepts that stood out. You know, in years past, I noticed you know, new new equipment being introduced, and I'd always call that out as something to kind of pay attention to and and observe. And I don't think I don't remember. There's nothing that, that I stopped and saw and went, "Wow, that's that's amazing." You know, it really was just a lot of people trying to show programming 
or trying to show how to integrate all their equipment op- equipment options into a group program to be able to offer health club members you know, a boutique concept. And that's one of the things that you're going to start seeing more and more health clubs do if you're not already. They're trying to offer you a studio concept within the club, or they're really doubling down and investing more in the group fitness experience. You know, some of the larger companies have always done this, you know, Lifetime Fitness and, of course, Equinox. You've heard a number of people from Equinox interviewed on this podcast because, you know, I do work with Equinox as a fitness instructor. These companies have traditionally been very good about investing in their group fitness programs because they understand that group fitness, as you heard Jeffrey Scott, you know, and Abby say, that group fitness drives membership. So the good companies, the larger companies have always understood this and invested heavily in that. And now you're starting to see some of the mid players and smaller club chains really, you know, understand that and double down on it. And you heard the the gentleman from Les Mills talk about that, where they understand, you know, Les Mills is very good about giving you the data from group group exercise, group fitness, so club operators know how to manage a good group fitness program. You know, all that to say, you know, there really is no there really was no overwhelming trend. I mean, it really is all about the programming. It's, you know, you can't, you can sell equipment. You know, you can put in, you know, equipment, but what really matters in a club environment, what really matters in fitness is that experience that you have with an instructor, whether it's a trainer or whether it's a group fitness instructor. You know, it's the people that make all the difference in a club. You know, and for those of you that are members of a club, you know that. You know that you have your favorite instructors. You know that you have the, you know, the trainer that you enjoy. And I think it's interesting to see that you, you still don't see companies that invest in that. You know, the companies that do, Equinox and Lifetime and one or two others, really understand how to invest in that. You have, the, you know, Orange Theory has, um, hasn't even developed a full-on education program yet to educate their staff. Orange Theory, from my experience, has hired some very energetic staff, but they just don't have a, a broad base of, of fitness knowledge. And that's not a bad thing. I mean, they're good at customer service, but they just don't have the experience to be able to offer members a wide variety of programming options. They need to be able to have that as a, as a fitness provider, as a studio provider. That is just some of the some of the highlights I saw of what um, you know of what new programs or new things that you might be seeing coming to your gym near you. It really isn't about new, you know, really new product um, ideas. It's really more about the concept of how you put the products together. How do you integrate them into a program that's going to keep you coming back to the gym, that's going to keep you engaged with the facility. But I want to highlight a couple of things that I think the fitness industry does really well. First of all, for the most part, we're very positive. You know, and by that, I mean like the master trainers, the people I work with, the, the other educators out there. You, know, you heard me interview um, Jeffrey Scott and Abby Apple. Well, we're all on the same team. You know, we all we all are master trainers for Core Health and Fitness, and we travel quite a bit together. You know, Jeffrey lives in L.A., Abby lives uh, in Florida, but we see each other maybe eight, ten times a year at various trade shows and various conferences. And it's always we always share ideas. And and to be honest, that's one of the reasons why I started doing this podcast was to bring you some of the conversations that we have when we're, you know, in the restaurant at night during a conference. And, you know, we geek out a little bit and we, we talk about different ways to get people moving. So you have then you have Sergeant Ken. Sergeant Ken is a longtime uh, presenter. He was actually uh, rewarded or acknowledged as Group Fitness Instructor of the Year in, I believe it was 2016, you know, by IDEA, IDEA is a trade association of fitness professionals. 
And, and Sergeant Ken has done a tremendous job. He does a tremendous job of going around and educating people how to do products. And then we have new up and comers. You know, I try to bring you, I'm trying to expose you to some new talent that's up and coming and, and moving up in the fitness industry. You know, a few episodes ago, I interviewed Kevin Mullins, who is, is a guy I know you're going to see a lot more of. Um, this time, I want to interview Ryan Glatt because, as you, as you heard us talk about, he's doing some extremely, some just amazing things in terms of movement and, and working on cognitive health. So the thing that the fitness in- industry does right, we do really well, we attract some very bright, smart, outgoing people who really are trying to, a lot of us are trying to put your best interest in mind. Or, sorry, put your best interest in mind. We want to help you find ways to get more active. We want to help you become fitter. We want to help you achieve your goals. You know, most of us work in the business, that's that's why we're there. And frankly, there are a few people in it for glory or for attention and stuff, but you know, I, I tend not to to hang out with those types. So that's one of the things we do really well. Another thing that, that we tend to do well, and this is also a double-edged sword because I think it's sort of a, at the detriment, is we're always evolving. We're always looking for you know, that new thing, that next thing. And, you know, I find it interesting that a lot of times I'll speak with reporters, and they'll, you know, especially around January every year, they're like, what's new? What's going to be new in fitness? And there's nothing new. Here's, here's the idea. Be active at least 30 minutes a day. Boom. That means walking, that means taking the stairs, that means playing with your kids. Be active 30 minutes a day if you want to improve your health. If you want to achieve specific fitness parameters, if you want to have more endurance, if you want to have more strength, if you want to have more flexibility, if you just want to have more energy, just feel stronger and more confident in your body, then you're going to have to exercise between 30 and 60 minutes most days of the week. You just, you're going to have to. I mean, there's no other way around it. And there are a lot of companies that are out, that are out there that are trying to make exercise more accessible and trying to come up with different ways to to help you you do it. I mean, the guy from Life Fitness and his, the Halo platform, I look at that as that's a step in the right direction of trying to get people the information. You know, TechnoGym talked about being integrated with the Apple Watch. And that stuff is good because if it helps people engage, but we got to get people in the fitness center first, folks. We got to get people through the doors. We have to get people to come in. You know, all that data collection stuff really is for naught if, you know, yet I think the number is right around 19%. Only 19% of the U.S. population is a member of a health club. and other parts of the world, that, that number is much, much lower. So that's what we need to do better. You know, I think companies are spending a lot of money and a lot of resources looking at how we engage people. And we're already engaging the people who are already active. Or we're engaging the people who who are already active, what we need to do is, is look out how can we encourage people to start adding more activity to their life. And one of the ways is we're, we're taking exercise out of the vernacular. You hear a lot of people like myself, we talk about being more physically active because a lot of people have a very negative connotation or a very negative association with exercise. You know, admit it, exercise. When you hear that word, you kind of remember back to fifth or sixth grade PE class and that may or may not be a good memory for you. So you'll hear a lot of people, you know, at my level, talk about being physically active. You know, so that's one of the things we do well. But then one of the things that we could do better is we're looking at all these these technology, you know, technological ways. But all it requires is being consistent and pushing yourself to work to work pretty hard. Not every workout, but just some workouts should be a little uncomfortable. Some workouts can be easy. You know, that's the basic stuff. I interviewed Dan John a long time ago. And Dan John's a strength coach who, you know, he's famous for saying his program today is the same as it was almost 50 years ago. You have a push, you have an overhead push, you have a squat, some kind of deadlift, 
and some kind of row, some kind of pull. Boom, that's it. You know, how you manipulate that, you know, can lead to different results. So we need to do better at focusing on the basics. You know, as an industry, we need to do better on just executing the basics extremely well. Some people do that. You know, you, you heard Jeffrey, Jeffrey Scott talking after teaching eight or nine cycling classes, and that's no joke. He, he was on that bike most of both days of the trade show. But I caught him at the end of the day. That was about, you know, 20 minutes before we wrapped up the trade show, and he still had a tremendously positive energy and enthusiasm about him. And that's some of the things we do right. But what we need to do better is look at resources, how we include, you know, how we make people more active. And one of the things that really shoots that right in the foot is advertising that just doesn't cater to our audience. When you look at health clubs, when you look at studios, a majority, a strong majority of the consumers are female. Well, at Ursa, there were some companies, and and to be, be honest, to be fair, it wasn't as much as it's been in years past. But there are some companies just using models to try to ta- attract attention to the booth, you know. And then there's one company that had some obscene poster trying to you know promote their product, and it was just a gratuitous cleavage shot. It didn't really show the the, the model, the female using the product. It just showed her bent over, where you you know notice that she had you know sizable pectoral development, and that really is, in my mind, that's doing it wrong. You know, it's one thing to show people being active, male, female, and to show people with good bodies because people aspire to that. People want to see that, hey, this is, this is possible if I do that exercise, especially if the person being featured is somebody who's lost 30, 50, 80, 100 pounds. Those stories are out there. I hear them all the time. But what we don't need is just gratuitous, unnecessary sex as a marketing tool. You know, that might turn somebody off. There might be somebody who finally, after having two or three kids, after going through you know, a traumatic life event, a breakup, a job loss, whatever, who's finally getting their energy and their motivation to come back into a gym, if they walk into a health club and the first thing they see is some kind of advertising that just is over-glorifying you know, body type or body position, I can guarantee you in, in many cases that person might turn around, walk out the door, and never come back. So if you are in that position, you know, I try to make this podcast for consumers, but I know some industry folks listen to this as well. When I run, when I run, um, when I'm hired to be a technical director for photo shoots, that's one of the, one of my gigs that I do. I always look for models who are fit but have a normal body, and I really pay special attention to the photos because I want to show the model being active, male or female. I want to show the model doing the benefit of the exercise. And I don't want just to be a gratuitous booty shot. That doesn't do anybody any good. I want people to be motivated when they see an image. So if you're listening to this and you, and you work for a company, you work in the industry, think about your marketing images. Think about the people you're trying to cater to. The fit people are already in your club. The fit people are already your customers. The fit people are already your members. What we need to do is try to figure out ways to communicate and attract the people who aren't as fit or who are working you know, to get better. A friend of mine, Jamie Atlas, out of Denver, Colorado, uh, you know, posted a meme about a year ago, and I love it. And, and I look at it you know, every few weeks. You know, I have it saved on my phone. And it's a picture of a, of a large guy on a treadmill. And the caption says, making fun of a fat person at a gym is like making fun of a homeless person at a job fair. Think about that for a second. Making fun of a fat person at a gym is like making fun of a homeless person at a job fair. If a homeless person is at a job fair, it's because they're looking for work. 
they're trying to do something to better themselves, to better their situation, to improve, you know, improve their life. You know, if somebody who's heavy, or somebody who, for a variety of reasons, just hasn't made physical activity a priority and could stand to lose some weight, comes into the gym, the last thing we need to do is ostracize them. The last thing we need to do is to make them feel uncomfortable. We need to, we need to welcome them with open arms. We need to give them a high five, a fist bump, and give them an attaboy, keep up the good work, or give them an attagirl. And compliment them when you see results. That's, you know, that's one thing I always try to do with people who take my classes or people I see in the gym on a regular basis. If I notice a difference in their, in their body from them being in the facility, I, I let them know. I say, wow, I can really tell that you're working hard. I, I notice a difference. And leave it at that. I don't want to be creep, you know, creepy McCreeperson. I, but I want to acknowledge that people are working hard and, and say, hey, I can tell you tell that you're getting results. So that's what we need to do better. We need to make fitness more inclusive. We need to look for, for ways to get people of all different shapes, of all different backgrounds. You know, just recently, you know, I'm recording this at the end of March in 2018, and just a week ago, the Washington Post ran an article about, you know, studios, boutique studios being overwhelmingly white and female, that there was a lack of representation of minorities in there. And that's, I don't, I know for a fact that studio owners don't segregate. But how do we make that more? How do we make those options more attractive for everybody? Now I don't have the answer to that, but I just I, I know that that's something that the fitness industry that's something we can do better. If each one of us just takes that, you know, is mindful of that and takes that initiative to make people feel more comfortable, to make people feel welcome, to think about the imaging we use in our advertisements. You know, we want to show people being active. We want to show people having fun through fitness. What we don't want to show is just you know. A, you know, obscenity, stuff that's better left to, to late night trolling on the inner tubes. You know, that's just a few thoughts. I mean, it really is. It, it, I can't tell you how much, you know, how much fun I have enjoyed, you know, how much I enjoy working in fitness. And, and frankly, folks, um, if you've ever been paid money to tell people what to do, that's what personal trainers and group fitness instructors, people pay us to tell them what to do. It kind of ruins you for any other job. I'm useless. I can't, you know, I can't go to any other type of work after I've, you know, when I tell people to jump, they literally jump. You know, I tell people to go, they literally go, they move. And I'm supposed to go work in an office after that. That ain't, that ain't going to happen. But it really is an honor to be involved in an industry where everything we do is we're trying to make the world a better place through fitness, one drop of sweat at a time. You know, think about it, folks. You may, you may not look forward to going to see your attorney. You may not look forward to going to see your doctor. And I know for heck, you don't look forward to going to see a mechanic when your car is making a funny sound. And even though you may say, oh, I'm not looking for, I'm dreading it. Admit it. You enjoy going to your fitness class. You enjoy seeing your trainer. You enjoy going to the gym. You know, in our business, in our industry, we focus, the focus of our work is on helping people feel better. The focus on our work is helping people live their lives to the fullest. And, and that is one thing that fitness gets right on the money. That's what everybody in fitness does well. We're all in it for the right reason, and that's because we want to help you get better. So this is a wrap-up from the International Health and Racket Sports Club Association trade show um, 2018. And I just I want to say, for those of us that are doing things right in the fitness world, keep at it because you are making a difference. But we need to do a better job. We have to do a better job of being more inclusive, being fit. Being fit is not about appearance. Being fit is not about body type. Being fit is not about body shape. Being fit is having the confidence to do anything you want to do. Being fit is knowing that you can go for a five-mile walk and not be sore the next day. Being fit 
is knowing that you can play with your kids without feeling like a wreck the next day. Being fit is have the confidence of knowing you can do whatever the heck you want to do when you want to do it. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of All About Fitness. If you have any comments, uh, you have any ideas for guests, please keep them coming in. I'm a one, uh, you know, I'm a one man conglomerate right here. So if you if you write in, I will try to respond to you and get back to you. You can email me Pete at PeteMcCallFitness.com. That's Pete at PeteMcCallFitness.com. My Twitter handle is PeteMC underscore Fitness. PeteMC underscore Fitness. I do a lot of writing and blogging for various organizations, and I always send the content out on uh, on the Twitter and Instagram. My Instagram handle is Pete McCall underscore Fitness. That's Pete McCall underscore Fitness. So I wanted to bring you what I wanted to do is bring you a little taste uh, of our industry trade show. Hopefully, it kind of helps you learn about a few new products. As I mentioned, uh, show notes are going to be extensive because I'm have links to anybody I interviewed. I'll have a link to their their show or or I'll have a link to their to their website. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of All About Fitness. I look forward to having you join me for future episodes.